Hello and welcome to GPTV on Tuesday the 22nd of September. My name is Philip Kingston. And I'm Gary Peer. And Gary, here we are. We're in the middle of spring and uh, I'm still stuck in my house, but I thought I'd at least raise the standard, although sitting here in a shirt, tie and jacket in my underpants is just, I'm so, I'm so done with this. No, I was just about to say how elegant you look there, what a class act you are, and then of course you ruined it all because of the uh, below the belt comment there, Phil. But good that you've dressed up for our viewers, and I think it's befitting. Uh, it looks like you're chomping at the bit. I don't know if you know that term, Phil, a racing term. Yeah, yes, it's a horseism, Gary. You're chomping at the bit to get back out there and do an auction. You look like you've got an auction. Uh, you've got to get to it in like half an hour's time uh, with yeah, Gary, out, uh, of course. I'm trying to get back into the zone, so uh, hence being being um, dressed like this. Uh, but uh, the viewers, I mean, it's become a it's become a Zoom thing that no one wears pants anymore. So whilst I've said I am in my underpants, I'm in my underpants for a reason, Gary. Uh, and that is the reason is I set a new PB, a new PB on the weekend. And uh, pray tell, what would that PB be for you? Well, my new PB, Gary, and we're going to put up a uh, we're going to put up a, a photo of of how I set my new PB in a moment. But um, I set my new PB by eating four lemon curd donuts from Tivoli Bakery. Uh, I bought home a box of six on Saturday and managed to eat four, four of the six. They are absolutely unbelievable. And uh, if there's some viewers that want to send in a nice message uh, into ideas at, at garypeer.com.au, uh, some nice ideas about what we can do to increase the viewership of GPTV, I will send them a box of six of these lemon curd donuts from, from Tivoli Bakery. Uh, the bottom line is, Gary, I can now not fit into my pants. I've put on three kilos as a result of... of um, <laughs> of this lockdown. And I've never been one to put on weight. I've, I've never been able to put on weight. Three kilos. Well, there, that, that's where my three kilos went because I've lost three kilos. So uh, uh, there you go. So now I know where they've gone. And that's, that's, that's part of a good partnership because between the two of us, we still weigh exactly the same. So that's obviously, that's why our partnership works so well, Phil, because it's sharing and caring and it's a beautiful thing. Although those donuts have got my, um, you know, have got my taste buds uh, feeling a little bit anxious. And well, the two, the two best donuts in Melbourne, I've got to just uh, let the viewers know, is that uh, my current favourite is the lemon curd filled donut from Tivoli Bakery. There is the shout out again. But my second uh, favourite is, um, is the custard filled donut. Yeah. Uh, from um, Baker de Chirocco in Fitzroy Street. So that comes a very close second. That was my number one until I discovered these, these other donuts. Four's, uh, probably too, four's probably too many in a sitting, don't you think? Well, unlike you, Cuddles Kingston, uh, your new nickname, uh, I have not had any uh, donuts for a while, but if I was to have one, I'd just be straight with the Krispy Kreme. I remember the old days we used to go to Sydney, I'd bring those boxes of Krispy Kreme back and absolutely devour them. Uh, they were the good old days, so I don't know why you need to go and get such uh, beautiful designer. Don't just get a Krispy Kreme, shove it in your gob. At the primary school field, we used to have cream buns. Now that's that's a donut, you know, a cream bun. Oh, that, that, that's old school, isn't it? So I'm on my exercise bike yesterday, and my exercise bike is an American lifestyle, life fitness exercise bike. Yeah. 
and it tells you because it, it monitors your heart, it also monitors the number of calories you burn during your cardio workout. So I did a 30 minute cardio burn, Gary, where I worked out at 70% of maximum heart rate, which according to all of the information means that when you're exercising at 70% maximum heart rate, you're in the fat burn zone. So 30 minutes, I was sweating at the end of it. So it was a fairly good workout. Uh, I burnt 200 calories. So of course, I immediately jumped on Google and said to Dr. Google, how many calories in a donut? And it just so happens that there's 200 calories in a donut. So for every donut you eat, Gary, you've got to do 30 minutes of cardio. So, uh, so essentially yesterday, I had to do two hours of cardio to burn off those four donuts. And After that, I'm not sure it's worth it. Yeah, and alas, you're still up three kilos. So I'm not quite sure what the story or message is for, but it is a real estate show. Can we just uh, focus on that? Because people might have clicked on this and think, uh, this is just a private live conversation that we're having here. Got nothing to do with property. We are talking about property. Uh, I have got some beef today, Phil, uh, because, you know, every now and then I've got my beef and I know that there's going to be a Gary's Beef logo uh, coming up very shortly. But, you know... I think if you're a Liberal voter or a Labor voter or a Greens voter or a, 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 is it called the Recent Party voter, I think whichever voter you might be, Phil, um, I've got to say, I don't understand why you can go to Dan Murphy's and have a drink, be in a store with lots of people, go to a supermarket and be in a store with lots of people, but you cannot have one person come to an open for inspection with an agent with gloves and a mask and, and sprays and everything else. Uh, you've got to tell me, how we can't do that, Philip. The industry is pleading, not on behalf of real estate agents, because God knows we're a long way down the pecking order of any consideration. We know that. But the consumer, the public, Phil, people need to move homes. They've sold. They can't settle. They can't move into smaller places. They need to get out of properties. They need to go into properties. This is an absolute disaster, Phil. And there's just no accountability for a, a complete shut door on this conversation. Can you just tell me why I shouldn't have beef and be pissed off about this because I am. Well, before I answer your question, Gary, I just want to say shout out to Julia from Sydney, who uh, has become a regular watcher of the show. And I had through secondhand information that Julia had spoken to a person in Sydney who also watches the show. And Julia said to this person in Sydney, you know what, I've only been watching the show for a little while. I'm kind of enjoying it, but they're very right wing, aren't they? So uh, here you go again, straight into it, Gary. I don't think it's right. This straight into your right wing conservative views. But this is not about right wing, Phil, because I can tell you now, if it would be a liberal premiere, I'm going to say this, I'd have the same beef. It'd be no different. It would be my beef. It wouldn't be a different grading of beef. It'd be the same grading of beef. And I mean, if you're going to get me on that, Phil, about, because it's got nothing to do with politics, it's just a logical thing. Uh, I mean, this... Uh, unable to answer questions about who ordered the, the, the curfew. Uh, I mean, can you imagine in our business someone stuffed something up and we said, well, we can't answer that. We'll find out the answer to that. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're Liberal or Labor or Greens or Nationals or whatever. People got to take accountability, Phil. And from that point of view, I'm sorry, I'm disappointed with our Premier and I don't care who you vote for. Um, if it was a Liberal Premier, I'd be just as disappointed about it because there are plenty of Labor states that aren't in this situation, Philip. You know, Queensland's not in this situation. Western Australia aren't in this situation. They're Labor states. Good luck to them. Uh, their, their border policies aren't too popular, but that's another story. 
I've got to say, Phil, uh, we are being let down here. And, uh, you know, we're the only state, I don't think Victorians are so different, we're the only state that's in this harsh lockdown. Uh, we're in trouble. And I don't think you can turn around and blame the people of Victoria. That would be the only other thing you could do. Well, in the interest, Gary, uh, now that you've had your uh, your beef, yeah. uh, you've had your beef and in the interest of ensuring that we don't lose 50% of our viewers, which is, you know, 50% who's who don't have right-wing fascist attitudes. No, like, how can be a fascist? It's not a right-wing. Your right-wing fascist attitudes. I'm going to be. I'm going to be the the centrist of, of this debate. I think that uh, ultimately, um, first of all, we live in a functioning democracy. You will get your opportunity to voice your concern uh, at the next election. Um, but but also, uh, obviously, the rule book will be in five years' time or six years' time when uh, when we're no longer in this crisis and people have had an opportunity to look backwards to say who did it well, who did it uh, not so well and who did it indifferently, uh, I, I think the jury will be out. So uh, there's plenty to criticise, but I'm not sure that those that are criticising uh, have got any great answers to put on the table either. The jury will be out, will it? There's thousands of cases in Victoria, none anywhere else, and the jury will be out on that fact. I, I think the jury will be out as to whether you can just continue to blame Premier Dan. Well, we're in this situation. Uh, it, it's, it's not, I'm not just blaming Premier Dan for what's happened. I just wish that there would be a, we stuffed up, I'm sorry, we'll own it and we'll deal with it and try to get us back on track. I'd be okay with that. I'd be yeah. actually okay well, with that. I think on that note, Gary, you've had your beef. Let's move along. Uh, I have to move along. And again, it's not a political statement, Philip, because uh, I may well vote for Labor in the next election, Philip, if uh, I feel inclined to do so. So there you go. Uh, Phil, let's move on uh, and talk about um, some of the things that are going on in the property market. We've got a great property to talk about. You've seen this place in Glenisle Road, uh, 441A Glenisle Road it is, Philip. What an incredible property this is with the basement. Of, I've been past it. It looks like something uh, that you would see in the magazine uh, of best properties. Tell us a bit about yeah, it. Gary, this is definitely a benchmark setting property. Uh, it's one of the best I've ever seen. You wouldn't see any better in Turak or Malvern or the, the depths of Brighton. Uh, this is world leading architecture. Shout out to, to the couple that have produced this. Uh, they essentially looked around to buy something fabulous and couldn't find it. So they decided if we can't find it, we've got to produce it ourselves, which is not their first option. So they sourced land, they sourced an architect, they sourced a builder and they put their heart and uh, sweat and tears into this. Uh, they're going to be living in one of them, Gary. So this is not really a commercial development. This was really just done to satisfy their very high standards. This is the home with everything from basement garage to swimming pool to lift to luxurious finishes. Uh, you, you'd have to look at a lot of property before, before you found one as good as this. Brand new architect, award-winning design, uh, absolutely every possible conceivable luxury is included. Uh, we're talking five bedrooms, four bathrooms, I'm not mistaken, Philip, parking for four cars. So uh, call Maxine uh, because she uh, has been involved in this one. Uh, and this is something special. Phil, there's been a few sales, not a lot of them. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you look at the auction results uh, that are printed through REA and uh, Real Estate View and Domain. Uh, I've got to tell you that uh, it's been very quiet in terms of auction results. I mean, we're down about 95% volume, I think, in this time last year. When you say we, I presume you're saying us and the industry? Us as an industry, Phil, yeah. 
Um, and of course, the industry pushing very hard to get some of these uh, sanctions lifted. Uh, but um, we have had a few sales built. We sold a property. And it's interesting, you know, what is in demand still, Phil? Uh, to Canal Avenue, a great address just near our corporate north office. Uh, four buyers wanted to buy this property, Philip. Um, I think the price guide was somewhere in that high ones. Uh, it's undisclosed. But a lot of competition for this interesting home, Phil. I think that was interesting, Gary. And I think that um, for those viewers that are wondering, you know, do we put our house on the market or do we not? Um, I, I think that's a really good example of the fact that there is just strong underlying demand for property in all different sorts. I mean, this was... Um, Without question, it's a good home, but you wouldn't say that this was a home that had so many standout features that you would say, well, it wouldn't matter what the times are, it was going to sell. I think that this is a fairly typical of the homes that we sell. So, you know, due respect to, to the owners of this home and due respect to the architecture, um, this was something that we sell uh, many of under normal circumstances. So uh, we had four parties, all really very close to each other in terms of price, uh, and four buyers on any pro property at any time, even in the middle of a boom, when you have four, prop four buyers within one, two, three percent of each other, uh, that really does show strong activity. So this is a real day example, real time example of the fact that uh, we might be under lockdown, but buyers are still thinking about transacting. So if you're a seller and you're wondering what to do, that's just a classic example. And maybe go on Google Earth or go on Google Street View, have a look at this home because you'll see that lovely home in a nice position, but no standout features that would say, well, you are always going to get strong interest in this. No, a pretty home, Phil, pretty facade, great location, as you've said, and uh, great potential. All the buyers are looking at that, are looking at doing a number on it, bringing it up to uh, 2020 or 21 by the time they finish with the standards, uh, but great, great, hop, uh, great, great property. And uh, greatly competitive. Philip uh, Hawthorne Road, Joel Sir now is on a roll at 293 to 295. I think it is Hawthorne Road. Um, he's sold three now in that building and there's a fourth one coming up. Uh, been very busy. Uh, that one was sold for $670,000, Phil. Uh, congratulations to Vendor. Well done, Joel Sir. To Joel. That's a really good development, Gary. That's what we call the upside down development because we've got all of the bedrooms on the ground floor with the, with the entertaining area up on the top floor. Um, so as a result of that, the entertaining area, which is where you spend all of your time uh, when you're not asleep, uh, is bright and sunny um, and great security there, Gary. That's, that comes probably with one of the best security systems you'll ever find in real estate because that development is built next door to the Caulfield Police Station. Right. How, I mean, how bad would it be or how bad an indictment would it be on our police force if you did get broken into when you live next door to a police station? Right. And right now, Phil, if you settle on that property within a week or two, you don't want to be wandering around outside there at 901. Uh, right. I don't know if you know, but one of our one of our team members uh, took their dog outside uh, to relieve itself uh, just outside her apartment and uh, like 10 o'clock at night and the red lights went off, uh, no mask, breaking curfew, all the best got fined by the police. So, um, Is that right? Is that right? This is sort of crazy stuff that's going on right now. Anyway, um, Hawthorne, uh, Hawthorne uh, Road was a great sale. Uh, Balaclava Road, Philip, we sold a property there. But 155 to 157 Balaclava Road. Sorry, I'm squinting while I'm looking, not wearing my glasses here, but that was also 
sold as was a property yeah, on Argyle Street. Yeah. Building on the corner of Rosemont Avenue, um, great opportunity to get into the heart of North Caulfield. I like that building, it's a good looking building. Great spot there, Phil. Price is undisclosed, but circa uh, seven to 800 is a range. And of course, Argyle Street, uh, a, a very nice compact apartment there, uh, which was sold, the price range 310 to 340, sold within the price range, I think we can say that. Uh, very safely. So there have been properties still selling, Philip, but more exciting than real estate, if you can believe it. Uh, can't believe I've ever in my life say this, Philip. It is the great art competition, the drawing competition. Uh, and let's start putting up some of our nominations, Philip. I think we've got a, a week to go. Uh, the great drawing competition is out there. People dreaming, thinking about what they're going to do. There's images of people uh, on holidays, uh, digging, digging, digging holes, uh, going away, uh, out in the bay, all sorts of fantastic. We've got one week left, so we've got great prizes, of course. Somebody, somebody still wants to join the competition. What do they do, Gary? Uh, they just have to send it in to ideas at garypeer.com.au because this is the week that we'll be putting it out to the judges. Uh, we'll be putting it out to our team and say, here is uh, your um, opportunity to judge the great drawing competition. And of course, we will be giving a first and second prize and a pat on the back to everybody with of course, we, uh, social distancing. Imagine if we discover some incredible new talent, Gary, and, and somebody wins our competition and goes on to, you know, win the Australian Archibald Prize and then, and then, then uh, I can't, there's probably a whole lot of other art prizes. Uh, Nobel, the Nobel Peace Prize, maybe, Phil? <laughs> but, you know, uh, we, we, might, uh, we might discover some new talent, Gary. We could, well, we could well do so, Philip. And of course, it's been a festive week. It's been, of course, Jewish New Year, which has been very unusual for a lot of people in the Jewish community, Philip, because they haven't been able to, to congregate with their family and certainly not being able to go to synagogue to pray. Uh, this is a very unique and unusual time, but something tells me, Phil, it's all going to get back to a different a kind of stage three normal very soon. Your thoughts? Well, I, I just, of course, Shana Tavar to all of our Jewish clients, Gary, um, and also a shout out uh, to the rabbinical organisation. I'm not sure which governing body it was that organised uh, the Shofar Blowers, Gary, to be moving around right through the streets of, of, of the areas that we both live in. Uh, a great community service there and a great opportunity for those outside the Jewish community to have an insight and a window into one of the major festivals. So, And one of the major and most uh, significant icons, of course, of the... Uh, the heralding of the new year is the blowing of the shofar. And Philip, uh, I was walking and did a very big walk. I stayed within my range, but all the way down to Elwood Beach. And lo and behold, even on Elwood Beach, there were shofar blowers on Elwood Beach, uh, standing there, uh, giving, them, giving that ram's horn a big blow uh, right through. So, you know, it's a very festive time. And I guess uh, at a time where people are a little bit uh, less than their, their best happy selves, it's good to have something to celebrate and enjoy. Maybe the year ahead will be a much more easier and happier one for people, Phil. Well, we certainly hope so. Uh, on the real estate side, Gary, uh, just getting this show back to real estate, oh, yes. uh, our entire organisation is spending an enormous amount of time speaking to those people that want to get their house on the market. Uh, if uh, we don't get an early break from this, it's the 26th of October before we're able to get back to showing people through properties, and as yet we haven't heard as to whether it'll be one-on-one, one-on-two -on -one, one -on or traditional open for inspections. But if we assume that there's no early release from captivity, it uh, looks like we're in for a very busy November, December. Uh, we did mention on last week's GBTV that uh, I reckon this, will, this spring season will go right up until Christmas Eve. 
uh, and then probably come back pretty hard in the early new year. But for those viewers that are thinking about selling this year, you do really need to be making contact with us now because we are scheduling a lot of activity for November. Uh, Gary, uh, been a lot of talk within our organisation about midweek options. I think that all the rules are going to be changed. We're going to have shorter campaigns. We're going to have a lot of uh, inspections happening during the week. Our team, instead of relying on the typical Saturday and Wednesdays, will be probably saying to a lot of their clients, look, uh, I want to be able to bring people through every day. So I want you to give me an hour during the day where I can be saying to anybody, look, I'll see you at Orong Road. At, I'm going to be there every day from two till three o'clock. So Here's a, here's a window of time. So I think it's going to radically change. And I think that the buyers that are watching this show need to be ready to do things differently because certainly as an organisation and as an industry, um, we'll be doing things a lot differently when we come out of this end of October. Uh, I, agree with, uh, I agree with you 100%. It's like, the, it's like the start of guns going to go off and everyone's going to be running. It's going to be like a uh, a kind of Myers Boxing Day sale, Phil. If you can imagine those doors opening and everybody running and falling over themselves, I really feel it's going to be like that. Um, and look, one Except of the things course, they'll be running and falling themselves over in a very singular manner, Gary, and in a very controlled way and in a very masked and hand sanitized way. Yes, with social distancing. Uh, Phil, I've got to say, uh, I say falling over, but I, I, I kind of get your analogy. Yeah, well, I'm glad you do, Phil. I'm glad you see the picture. Uh, Phil, one of the things that we are offering to our clients, which is, uh, I think, very important, is we're doing virtual uh, presentations now in terms of styling. So we're doing virtual styling uh, sessions. So I think uh, for those that are selling uh, with us, if you haven't taken advantage of that yet, call us. If you're thinking of selling and you want some assistance, call us because we are doing virtual styling, Phil, which is a great concept where we are actually going to be, where we have already shown uh, by like, uh, you know, FaceTime, yeah, FaceTime uh, properties where our stylists are, how come you're sliding up and down there in your underpants? It worries me. Uh, where we are, where we are, not a good look, uh, where we are showing, uh, of course, home to our stylists through FaceTime, giving advice, they're giving lists. Uh, I think it's very helpful, Phil. I think it's one of the uh, good things that are happening out there for our clients. Well, the other thing I think we can offer our clients and viewers of GPTV is that uh, this week we have an economist, Philip, uh, speaking uh, to our, uh, our our clients, our VIP clients, Phil. Um, if you are watching this show and you're not registered as a VIP client, or uh, then please uh, send us an email. Say I want to be uh, on that Zoom meeting with your economist. It's happening on Thursday afternoon, Phil. This so is no we'll... ordinary economist, Gary. This is uh, Nerida from REA Real Estate. Uh, the REA Group. Uh, she is one of Australia's foremost economic commentators about property. So certainly if you have an interest in property, which is pretty much why you'd be watching the show, it wouldn't be for the humour. Um, but ultimately, that's going to be fascinating, giving, getting her insights about where property is heading 2021. Merida Connorsby, Chief Economist, REA, speaking to our clients via Zoom, Philip, on Thursday. If you want to see it, Send in your email address. We'll shoot you out an invitation. Uh, just send it into ideas at garyfear.com.au. We will look after you and make yeah, sure you're aware. a bit of trouble and dress up nicely uh, because, you know, you're going to be the one that's going to be interviewing her and we want to make sure that you set a certain standard that's significantly higher than the one that you're setting through GPTV. I've got the questions here in my hot little hand filled, ready to go. 
so that's a bit of a feature. So there is lots going on. Uh, you are sliding up and down, making me feel a little bit awkward there, Phil. So I think I'm gonna wrap up the show now, but that's a big wrap on GPTB. There's so much going on. The drawing competition, the economist, uh, the market coming back, sales are happening, listings are happening. Uh, it's all happening out there. In the world of real estate, at least how we see it on GPTV. And we look forward to seeing you next week. I'm Gary Pierre. I'm Philip Kingston. Have a fabulous, healthy, and safe week.